Welcome to the Roundtable, the show that brings you the latest in the worlds of football, basketball, and gambling. Now, let's get to it. Here are your hosts, Brad Wakai and Tyson Gentry. Welcome into the Roundtable. I'm Brad Wakai. That is my co-host, Tyson Gentry. We are back with another edition of the NFL Draft Dive. And today in this episode, we have teams 17 through 20. Tyson, we are getting closer and closer to draft day, and we're getting closer and closer to kind of knowing where these teams are landing as we work our way through what we expect them to do. Well, the dead zone's almost over, brother. We got three weeks left until uh, they're drafting, or four, I guess. It's at the end of April. But, um, yeah, we're going to try to time it just right so we're done. We go all the way through this and get it done right before Roger gets booed. 100%. And that's the, that's how you know the draft started, when Roger gets booed. Uh, let's start with the Pittsburgh Steelers here. They're they're picking 17th. Um Obviously, Mike Tomlin's their coach. Everybody, including us, thought they were going to have their first or Mike Tomlin would have their first losing season. That did not come to fruition as they got hot down the stretch, much to our chagrin. Kenny Pickett, second-year quarterback. They are picking 17th, 32nd, 51st, and 81st in this year's draft. Offensive line needs, I think, is clear with the Steelers. I also have them down some needing some linebackers and cornerbacks as well, Tyson. Um you know, they, they did sign Cole Holcomb, Landon Roberts, but the problem is you know, they lost Devin Bush, went to the Seahawks. I don't think he ever would kind of lived up to his draft type, but also Miles Jack, Robert Spillane is gone as well. So I think there's some things that uh, they need to address in this year's draft. Oh, for sure. Uh, and they, like you said, I mean, this was what we thought was a pretty talented void team last season and Tomlin does Tomlin things. And here they are sitting at 17, which like sounds really good during the season, but I wonder if like he ever just looks in the mirror and he's like, God damn it. Why am I so good at this? It'd be nice to be picking 10. Um, I think offensive line is where you have to go when you're looking in the first round, like Broderick Jones is a name. Darnell Wright from Tennessee is a name. This run blocking was atrocious a year ago. Like there was no holes for Najee Harris to run through. Uh, Kenny Pickett was laying on his back uh, more than he was upright. It felt like when he was in the pocket, you have your pass catchers. Uh, you have your skill positions locked down. Uh, defensive line here is going to be interesting because we anticipate there to be a pretty good run uh, before they're up on the top-tier level talent. And then linebacker, it's just too early for any of these guys. So corners are pretty deep class uh, this year. That might be where they're looking uh, early second round here. But I think you have to go uh, try to get a cornerstone offensive lineman here. I completely agree. I mean, it's – with when you have a young quarterback like Pickett, who uh, honestly people are into him, I think there's still some question marks about is he good enough with his arm? Is he elite enough to kind of get you to that next level? That's what they're going to have to figure out. Well, how do you figure that out? It's by having a good offensive line. The past three years has been a joke. Like they can't run the football. When you drafted Najee Harris so high or Najee Harris so high, you expect that player to deliver. And the way to do that is by actually being able to create running lanes and, and block for him. And so I, I think that's got to be a major, major thing to be that's addressed by the Pittsburgh Steelers in this one. And then they have a ton of draft picks. Like, like I said, you know, they're, they're sitting there, they can go get somebody in the early second round with 32 that they got from the Chicago bears. One of these linebackers. So I think honestly, now there's been a study on it. Like we talk about like, man, it's stupid to draft first round running backs. 
it may be stupid to draft first-round linebackers when you really look at it. So that's where I think the Steelers can start to address some of those concerns on the defensive end and then maybe cornerback, even early second round, using linebackers and getting linebackers later with their picks in the, in the high second, third rounds as well. And Yeah, and they're going to make the right selection probably because that's kind of what they do uh, when they're not trying to swing for the fences. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And th- that only it's a rebuild, right? I mean, let's look at the Steelers to be honest about things right now. The Bengals are a better team. They have a better quarterback. Uh, if, the, if they can ever kind of figure it out in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson, you're much more high on what the Ravens can do with Lamar than what we've seen so far with Kenny Pickett and the Steelers. And the Browns are talented. If, if Deshaun Watson can figure things out, and maybe it comes this year, maybe it doesn't. Who knows? But his upside, we've seen his, is top five in the league. Where Pickett, you're not quite sure what his upside really is or his high end is. So we could be looking at some seller dwellers for a while. Might as well start rebuilding the foundation here if you're in Pittsburgh. You did say a couple ifs there. Like if if they get Lamar and if the Browns figure it out, I think the Steelers are the kind of organization that they don't – like they're looking at that, licking their chops right now. Like the Lamar Jackson situation is the best thing that could be happening right now to – Pittsburgh, it's the best thing that the Browns did with the Deshaun Watson contract was force that controversy that we've seen over in Baltimore. But, like, they're not uh, really in a position here to be picky, man. And it's nice with that much draft capital to kind of uh, have some good guys at positions that you need because that's not always the case. Absolutely. So let's move on to the Detroit Lions who are getting some major hype here. They have a ton of draft capital. Obviously, we know our guys, their head coach, Dan Campbell, who I think has done a spectacular job. It looks like Jared Goff, they're very comfortable with what he's doing for that franchise right now as he's not going to be challenged this offseason, we don't think, for that starting position, even if they draft a cornerback or a quarterback with the high pick that they have at six, which we already did in a previous draft dive. We just told them, go ahead and draft Devon Witherspoon from Illinois. It just makes perfect sense for him. But besides that six pick, they're obviously picking here at 18. Other draft capital they have early, 48th, 55th that they're getting from Minnesota, and the 81st overall pick. Now, I still have them down to some edge rushing needs, linebacker and corner needs, but you know they did get Cameron Sutton and Emmanuel Mosley to sign with them. Cam Sutton coming over from the Pittsburgh Steelers, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, C.J. Moore at safety, and we know C.J. Gardner-Johnson as Eagles fans can play in that slot position. So, you know, maybe they don't need to address cornerback as early as we we expected them to without these signings, but I still think a, a blue chip prospect of that high uh like Witherspoon, that's that's a player they shouldn't pass on. But focusing here at 18 Tyson, what do you think they should do with this capital? Well, this is this is fun because now we're getting into somewhat of like maybe a little bit of a luxury selection. We're seeing Bijan Robinson thrown here a lot on a lot of guys different marks, and it might not make sense after uh DeAndre Swift like if you like DeAndre Swift you love DeAndre Swift if you don't like DeAndre Swift you think he's the worst player in the league I think uh the Bijan thing to Detroit makes a little bit of sense because of how much they love to run the football Deuce Staley isn't there anymore though and I wonder how much of uh the reliance on DeAndre or on Jamal Williams last year was because like that's the kind of running back Deuce Staley likes I mean they go out and they get David Montgomery and now you're telling me they're gonna throw B. John Robinson into here as well. That doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Um, they're at a weird spot because like, the offensive line is elite. They don't really need to go get like a wide receiver. Like you don't need Quentin Johnson or Zay Flowers or something. 
I kind of am playing around with the idea of Kalaja Kansi, the undersized defensive tackle from Pittsburgh. Uh, Motor doesn't quit. He doesn't really fit the scheme. And so that's why I don't think that he's going to be a selection. But we talked about it with Witherspoon. And Kansi's just another Dan Campbell guy. Like, he just goes, man. I think that goes a long way in that building. Yeah, I, I think Lucas Van Ness, if he's available here from Iowa, that'd be a great selection. And you have your bookend edge rushers to pair uh, up against Aiden Hutchinson. You know, I don't quite honestly, I thought he'd be available in this position after his combine numbers and his performance. I yeah. There's like rumors he's going to go top 10 or, you know, top 15, which to listen, it, it's a premier, it's a premier position. If you get an elite edge rusher, that's what you're looking for in this league right now. I Other than that for the Lions, I mean, I could see them, quite honestly, if they wanted to be aggressive, drafting a wide receiver in this position. Now, I think if they're smart, they would try to get the, the blue chip type of player if you're going to draft high enough in a Jackson Smith and Jigba if he's around. Because I think if you get a Quentin Johnson here at 18, that's that feels like a wasted pick to me or at least a wasted opportunity. You know, definitely a reach. <laughs> definitely a reach. And so there's that's some other range, guys. Though. That's his range. Yeah, I know. But, like, you already have Amon Ross St. Brown on the roster. You already drafted Jamison Williams. Like, you need to reach and get somebody like a Quentin Johnson. We're not quite sure if he's going to be able to be an elite player at this league. Where we, we, you and I both think Jackson Smith and Jigba can play in this league. And if you pair him up, who's a one-on-one nightmare, with Amon Ross St. Brown, who's a one-on-one nightmare, and the speed of Jamison Williams – that is a scary offense for sure. I'm wondering, kind of factoring back into what they're going to do early on in this draft, if they continue to draft defense, we know like they did not have a great defensive unit last year by the stats. So maybe they try to continue to bolster their line. I think Clancy wouldn't be a bad pick there. I think maybe if somebody falls, um, you know, I mean, Tyree Hunter, I, I've seen, or, or you know, somebody to fall from, or Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech. I see well, him imagine on the boards. Uh, Joey Porter Jr. Like he's falling down oh. mock drafts all the all the way to the mid teens now. And if he's available at eighteen, you got to think they take a look. I mean, a long arm corner that likes to get after people uh, certainly feels like he could play in Detroit. Yeah, absolutely. So Detroit has a ton of options here, and I honestly think we're going to see kind of what they do early on, that's going to dictate how we view the rest of the draft. And I know we've said it a few times, like there's a possibility Detroit trades back as well. Like if Will Levis falls down this board, which I don't expect them to, I, I got some, uh, I got a, a nice source to be completely honest with you, which is, which is always nice. Um, but I don't expect him to fall in this draft, but uh, the Lions could trade out of this pick for somebody who wants to buy back into this draft pick, uh, this draft, uh, this draft and try to get somebody who's maybe tumbling down this board it's it's this is the season that we're in when we get to the middle of the draft is like are any of these guys actually going to be picking here i know and apparently there's some rumors tyson i'm sure you've seen it as well but i'll share for the audience that people who are in the know and have like kind of talking to different teams are like yeah the board how it's set right now in the draft order is not even going to be close to how it finishes on draft day so there will be movement according to people who are kind of plugged in well, especially like this, it's not last year we went Kenny Pickett at 20, I think it was, was the first quarterback off the board. Then nobody else till Malik Willis goes in the third. This year you have, assuming at least four first round quarterbacks. And now Hendon Hooker's getting some first round love from a lot of Todd McShay, Mel Kuyper types as well. I mean, five quarterbacks is, that's plenty of uh, reason for some of these teams to be looking around. I think one of them's coming up next. Absolutely. And that is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And it's crazy to see them picking at 19. 
you know, a- after the season that they had last year. Um, they suck. Oh, they were, it was brutal. And they don't have a lot of draft capital. 19th, 50th, 82nd in the first three rounds. Todd Bowles, their head coach. And I have a question mark at quarterback. You know, is it going to be Baker Mayfield who they went and signed? Is it going to be Kyle Trask who they've had in the system? I'm not quite sure. So I, I honestly am looking at it like they need a franchise QB if they want to keep this thing going. I think offensive line's a big thing for them as well. And defensive back, they they got shredded up last year. This was a good unit a couple years ago, but um, that defense really fell off the past couple years. What do you expect the Bucks to do when it's seemingly a solid roster looked to have so many holes last year? Well, this is this is the prime team, I think, that if Will Levis does tumble down the board – like this is this is the team that would want to go get him. You you have Mike Evans, you have Chris Godwin. Evans is aging out a little bit, but he's still a monster. Like don't let, don't let your fantasy football stats confuse you. He was really good again last season. Uh, they have the pass catchers, Rashad White stepping into that role of running back. They're not going to fill kind of a committee role here at, at nineteen. This is a super weird team because there's cap casualties all over here too. Like. We're seeing a little Devin White smoke. Is he going to be playing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a year? Um, kind of the aging core of that defense. And honestly, the often injured core of that defense with a couple of those guys. Like, Vita Bay is awesome, but it'd be cooler if he played 17 games a year. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I think that this is a spot. This is the first one that I'm circling as a trade up uh, on the board. We've talked a lot about trade downs and who's going to want to come get them. I think that the Bucks uh, sitting here at 19 have to be aggressive if somebody that they like starts falling down the board because they're in trouble, dude. I completely agreed. So th- this is what I have on. You mentioned Will Levis, a landing spot for the Bucks here. So this is from a source. So if you're listening, I'm not going to say who it is, but you know who you are. We, I really appreciate this information. This is coming from a great, great source who knows the the Will Levis family directly. He said it's either going to be the Titans, the Raiders, or the Bucks where he ends up with. Um, apparently those are the only three that have expressed interest in him directly straight from Will Levis himself, himself. He met, remember there's that secret meeting with the Texans. Apparently that was just doing due diligence. Like apparently, well, Levis came out of that meeting saying that they weren't serious. They just wanted to meet with me. Apparently these are the only three teams that have showed significant interest in Will Levis, which makes sense, right? Like the Raiders at seven, I, I, I think that could be a possibility for him. And th- there's rumors now the Titans may want to trade up. Like they may get cold feet a little bit and say, hey, th- we think potentially this guy could be gone. And then you mentioned the Tampa Bay Bucks here at 19. I would be shocked if he fell to 19, to be completely honest with you, especially with this information that the Titans who, uh, you know, maybe they don't even have to be aggressive and trade up if it fa- they fall, if Levis falls to 11, they can just select them there. So the Bucs may be in a prime candidate and maybe a prime position to go and trade up and be aggressive and get a potential quarterback they like. Well, that just means that uh, holding pick 10 this year, holding pick 8, like those things become infinitely more valuable. Like the Bears at 9, they, they're a serious candidate to want to move that pick again. The Eagles at 10, um, we've talked about that. They could move that pick. Nobody knows what the hell the Falcons are doing at 8. Like there's a lot of guys or a lot of spots that these teams could go up and get. Um, a little bit interesting on that Will Levis note. That was good. It's all. It's going to be fun, though, because we give that out, and then one team that never even met with him is just going to snatch him at six or something. Right. That's just how it works. And, uh, I know. But that's that's coming from the horse's mouth himself. So we'll see. I, I just called him a even horse. Even he would be shocked. Dude. Although he's, he's looking strong, dude. He might he, is, he might man. be. 
So this is what interested me as well when I look at the Bucks. I mean, obviously Brady retired, but then you lose your two running backs, Fournette, Bernard, Julio, Scotty Miller, Brashad Perriman are gone at wide receiver. Brady you named one good player that whole time. Brady? Yeah. And then <laughs> what about your boy, uh, your boy uh, Fournette? He's gone. I mean, he's good for three years. Donovan Smith gone on the O-line. Josh Wells uh, O-line. He went to the Jags. I mean, Shaq Mason, the guard, you know, he got traded, shipped out to the Texans. Akeem Hicks, gone. Murphy Bunting, gone. The safeties of Edwards, Neal, Logan Ryan, gone. Like, this is a complete roster turnover. And then you look at what they brought in. Chase Edmonds re-signed Levante David. Like, Jamel Dean, you know, he he signed a deal with them as well. Like, not a lot of people coming in here. Like, they have some work to do, like you said, Tyson. This may be a bottom-out situation. I sure hope not, because that would suck to watch some of these really talented players they have just kind of waste away. But that's the Tampa Bay model, right? To answer, so to kind of like put a, a bow on the Bucks here, you know, I, I do think they're going to try to get a quarterback in this draft. I think they're going to view them like, hey, let's let's go get a guy here that we like and maybe – Maybe it's not somebody, but if, if it is the Levis thing and they're interested in him, they like him. I don't know if they're going to wait around to have him fall. If not, I, man, oh, man, I don't even know where they start here. I mean, I guess offensive line, see if you can work something around Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask, but they're in trouble. I think you're right. Yeah, it's 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 bleak. Okay, last team in this episode of the Draft Dive. We are finishing with the Seattle Seahawks. Now, we already did a little preview on them because they have the fifth pick. Thank you, Denver Broncos. And this is their own pick after making That's the playoffs right. last year. Pete Carroll, the, you know, he's still there. He's still kicking. Geno Smith got the got the bag to still be their quarterback. Um, I still have offensive line as a major issue for this team. I think center, offensive guard is where you start. And then, quite honestly, I think their defense needs a sprucing up safety linebacker, although they did just get uh, Bobby Wagner back, I believe, Tyson. So um, where do you start with the Seahawks? I mean, you have high draft capital at five. There's some rumors maybe they want to go Javon Carter, although there's some question marks about him. But, I mean, with their own pick down here in 20, they got some options. Oh, it's fun, too, for them because they have two more second-round picks on top of having – the two first and they just hit a grand slam last year in the draft. So they're, they're approaching this thing. Like if we two Pete, you know, we're running this division, we're taking over San Francisco spot for the next, you know, length of these guys' contract four or five years. Uh, wide receivers mocked here super, super heavily. Like it's a lot of Zay flowers. It's a lot of Jordan Addison. It's a lot. It's never Quentin Johnson because I don't think he really fits. Uh, like you're going to line up QJ DK on the, on the, on the opposite sides. That doesn't sound um great to me i can see a third wide receiver being a need here um i don't love it because i I don't know if they're in a position to um, make that sort of luxury decision but like brad if hendon hooker's really getting first round love you don't think that they want to trade back to with whoever to 25 20 or 23 with the vikings uh assuming the vikings are in love with the quarterback or 24 uh with the jaguars like you can't really like you don't take Dalton Kincaid here because that seems like bad practice. Uh, Kalaja Kansi again, doesn't really fit. And then you're, you're down to like Emmanuel Forbes, a corner from Mississippi state. You're down to, um, at a, at a Boro. Is that the guy from Northwestern? Yeah. I, I believe ever say his last name correctly, but yeah, and he was uh, a freak at the combine. Yeah. He's a monster. But again, at 20, it feels like if you get him at 26, it feels like, okay, that's fine. But if you get him at 20, 
Uh, and granted, this is just public opinion here, and draft rooms don't operate on that. But like when you're looking, it gets pretty slim at some of the positions that they really need, and I think that's why we're seeing wide out so much. Yeah, I can see a Brian Branch going here too. I mean, yeah. you know, safety – Alabama guy, Nick Saban, Pete Carroll, you know, fairly close, I believe, you know, that he feels like he'd fit in the Seahawks type of role, right? Like, what do we know what the Seahawks have been when they're good? They have a great safety. I think Brian Branch could become like a leader of that secondary like Daryl Thomas was if they want to go build it that way. But there's really no need for the Seahawks to truly pick here. So they can be extremely flexible. Like they can go best player available. If somebody just happens to fall down this board that they're like, Oh man, we really liked him. Let's, uh, let's, let's just scoop him up. Like maybe it's, maybe they did get Javon Carter at 20 or at, at, a, at five. And then there was another defensive tackle. They're like, Oh wow. We have him high on our board. Might as well just take both of them. They have the opportunity to do that in this draft. I think if you wanted to draft a, a player based on need, you know, at here at 20, I think probably the best offensive lineman will be gone. If you look at it from that front, I think probably, probably like Darnell Wright or something from yeah, Tennessee, maybe. Right. And it's like, do you want to draft 20? Do you want to you use the 20th pick on a player like that? Where at well, like he may be there, like he may be good, you know, this and that. Or like we know one of these receivers, at least we think, would fit the team much better. Or like Brian Branches, we think is going to be a great safety. Or one of those players that you kind of go down the board and and uh, find value that you think would impact your team immediately. I think that that's what the Seahawks will likely do. And I just I can't stress enough how well they did a year ago puts them in such a ridiculous position um, this year. Being able to pay Geno Smith and then kind of build that contract in a way where like you have an out it certainly makes it seem to me. And we talked about it the first time, but. Um, Jalen Carter at five makes a bunch of sense, but if they wanted to go quarterback, then I think you have to be defense at 20, just with the way that uh, the roster is structured right now, because you're going to want to try to get back to the playoffs. That's, that's a no brainer. That's not Pete Carroll's not trying um, to take fourth in a division and then enter the Caleb Williams sweet stakes or whatever a year from now they want to win. And there's not a lot of guys that have immediate upgrade potential at the spots that they're in need of. So 20 is a very weird spot for them. It's kind of the way the board fell the way we did it. Yeah. And if you look at like a Daniel Jeremiah mock draft, you know, there's some guys like, you know, some edge rushers, Will McDonald from Iowa state, uh, Uzama from Kansas state. And you're like, God, that would be such a reach there at 20, you know, kind of back in, you know, back in first round pick guys. You're like, Oh, I don't know. Like, uh, Mozzie Smith from Michigan. I, I don't know. I, I watched a ton of Michigan games just because it's the Big Ten at 20. First round pick, I'm just going to tell you, I don't know about that. That seems like a reach to me. And so, again, like you said, they're in an interesting spot here. They have a ton of options that they can do with this pick. The Big Ten man himself. He does not like Michigan defensive linemen. That's been uh, well noted over the years here on this show. Except for Aiden Hutchinson. I was very high on him. He should have gotten number one overall. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Jaguars are saying the same thing right now. I think you're right. Um, all right. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the NFL Draft Dive Team 17 through 20. We'll be back later this week. We're doing a twofer since we were so into college basketball last week that we could not jump into the NFL Draft. We're doing two this week, so make sure to check out our next one coming up later this week. Like, subscribe, and share the show. In the meantime, you can hit us up on our social media pages. Send us a tweet over at TRT underscore pod. Our Instagram handle and our TikTok handle is the same at underscore the roundtable pod underscore. We will speak to you guys soon. Peace.
Thanks for listening to The Roundtable. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. While you're there, please rate and review so others find out about the show. We'll catch you on the next episode of The Roundtable.